You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 150. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 150. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you had a wonderful time. I hope that you are celebrated and appreciated for how amazing you truly are. I am very grateful to have all of you moms out there listening to this, my 150th episode. So today I want to do something a little bit special. Because for the hundredth episode, I decided to talk about something that I was really passionate about and interested in and kind of obsessed with, even though nobody was asking me. I talked about the levels of energy. If you want to go check out episode 100, it's fascinating stuff. And I've used it now with a lot of clients because it just sort of helps to have this perspective on things. And so today I wanted to talk about something else that I'm obsessed with and very interested in, but is also sort of the basis for life coaching. When I went through my first life coach training program, it was really about, am I on track for my life's purpose? What is my purpose? How do I discover my purpose? How do I know if I am living my purpose? Where do we find purpose? Where does it come from? And so it's a topic that I still love. And even though I use my life coaching to help moms in the trenches who are exhausted and struggling and worrying. I really love this topic about how do I know if I am on track and living the life I'm meant to live. So I'm going to take this 150th episode to talk a little bit about this and tell you some stories from my life to give you some perspective and help you maybe see something in a new way. Now, living your life's purpose might feel like a heavy topic when your life right now is busy buying graduation cards and driving to baseball games and awards banquets. So if you're listening to this in the car in a busy May day, know that you are with thousands of other busy moms driving around town because May is a freaking crazy month. There's so many expectations and I feel like it quadruples if you have more for every child you have. So if you think May is crazy with one child, it quadruples with each consecutive child. It's just a nutty month. So today, tonight, this my intention for this episode is to show you that following your destiny and fulfilling your life's purpose is easy, lighthearted, and fun, and that it doesn't need to be a heavy topic. If you feel like the purpose of your life is to be a mom, then you might worry about what will happen when your kids grow up and leave the house. And maybe you're trying to guide your child towards living their purpose and helping them choose a major or build a successful future. 
But with the world changing so fast, you're not sure that the wisdom you've acquired might apply to the next generation, right? Like kind of the rules of thumb on how to have a successful future that we grew up with might be different than what works for your kids. But what I'm talking about today will definitely work with your kids. Perhaps you thought that motherhood would give you all the purpose you would ever need. I certainly did. But maybe now you're finding the daily tasks of motherhood empty and hollow. This can happen at any stage. When the kids were little, you might have loved it. And then they get older and you're like, "Mm, it's just not doing it. Just like you can love a job in the first three years and then you sort of don't love it in the next three. It's totally normal. So wherever you are in your journey towards finding purpose, today's episode will help you understand how to know if you are on track for your life's purpose. There is no need to stress about whether you should change jobs, go back to work, stay home. There's no need to stress about putting your kids in competitive soccer or recreational soccer and all those decisions we have to make as mom. And you don't have to worry about life after your kids leave the house because your purpose is always guiding you, whispering in your ear. You can call it your intuition, your higher self, your still calm voice, your knowing. There's so many different words, inner wisdom, but it is always there. So finding your purpose is not an issue. You just need to know what to look for and what to listen for. And following life's passions and purpose is one of the great joys of being human. But like most meaningful journeys, it can start with a whole lot of suffering. Kind of like becoming a mom starts with the pain of childbirth. Discovering your life's purpose can begin with suffering. But if you learn what to listen to and what the hints and signs are, you can minimize the suffering and jump into the flow your life wants to take. So in a nutshell, this is kind of what life coaching does. It helps you get back into the flow of your life and the life that you're meant to have and the direction your life is meant to take you. I have no idea what that is. Only you have the answers to that. And you're born with interests, personality traits, proclivities, life circumstances. So our job, I believe, like our job of being human is to figure out what are those proclivities and then go and do them. (laughs) So it sort of benefits the survival of our species for all of us to have different interests and talents. If every mom loved staying home and tending the children, then who would build the shelter and hunt for food and heal the sick and repair and explore and invent and translate and educate? And like, we need a variety of different interests and talents. And so really our job is to figure out what are mine, what interests me, and go and do it. But somehow our culture decided that all moms should be good at all things. <laughs> that just because you're a good soccer coach does not mean you're good at having a birthday party at your house, right? So this has led us to a generation of burned out, overwhelmed, exhausted mamas. It's the pressure society puts on us to be good at everything that leaves us in a constant state of inadequacy. This I'm not good enough mental belief blocks us from listening to our intuition and feeling like we are living a purposeful, meaningful life. 
So I'm going to tell you two stories from my life that helped guide me towards living my purpose and feeling like I was fulfilling my destiny. The first one involved years of suffering. The second involved years of fun and games. Two different ways to react to the same intuition calling you in a new direction. My hope is that by telling you these stories, you'll be able to learn what signs to look for, hear how your intuition speaks to you, and get back into the flow of your life with fun instead of struggle. So intuition, it's a lovely sounding word, but it is often the source of our greatest suffering. It can guide us forward in playful, interesting ways, or it can be the voice you don't want to hear but won't go away. It's the voice that tells you it's time to leave your marriage or quit the job you spent eight years preparing for. It's the relentless nagging that wakes you up in the middle of the night until you surrender your life to the flow of destiny. But if you catch it early and you keep it playful, it's a clue, it's a sign, it's a feeling to move towards that will help you live a life that is right for you. My first story goes way back on a cold February day, like any other day, feeling stuck inside my house like many stay-at-home moms felt or feel still to this day, right? Where you just feel like you're, you can't leave the house because you're, it's too much of a hassle, it's too, much, too many napping, naps going on that you don't want to interrupt, a schedule, a routine, whatever reason. A lot of us felt stuck inside the house or still feel stuck. So I was watching the clock. I was doing the countdown, counting down the hours until I could put my son to bed. It was the witching hour. My firstborn was three years old, which meant that all my mommy friends were either pregnant or nursing their second child. Has anyone else been there? Oh, these moms were, yeah, they were sleep deprived, super tired, but they seemed content with their stage and lot in life. I, on the other hand, was the opposite of content. Although I loved being a mom and adored my son, I felt crazy. It was always the best word I could use to describe it. I was restless, tired, anxious, overwhelmed, and depleted. And even though other moms said they felt the same, it didn't look like it to me. It looked to me like they had their act together. I felt like I was drowning and nobody knew it. And even me, I didn't know it because I couldn't understand why I was so drowning and depleted and tired and anxious and restless and bored. I couldn't even think about having another child in the state I I was in. That was a sign that everybody else could consider bringing another child (laughs) into the world. And I was still looking for sanity. I walked around my house using the clutter as an evidence to prove that I wasn't measuring up as a wife, a mother, a housekeeper. You name it, I believed I wasn't good at it. I would put one glass in the dishwasher and then remember, oh, I have to pay the electric bill. I'd go to the computer, start to pay the bill and be like, I should be doing laundry while I'm paying the bills. So I'd go to the laundry room, fold a shirt, maybe two, and think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I need to get dinner started. I'd start cooking and then remember the deadline for gymnastics camp was coming up, so I better go fill out the application. I jumped from thing to thing, 
mentally spinning in circles, never really accomplishing anything noticeable. By the end of the day, I was exhausted, but had accomplished very little, nothing to show for it. I wasn't moving a needle forward. The house was still a mess, and so was I. The voice in my head was filled with have tos, need tos, shoulds. This made me feel like a prisoner in my own life. When people said to me, You are so lucky you get to stay home and you don't have to work, I added guilt to the shitstorm of emotions that I felt. Because he, the thing is, before I agreed to marry my husband, I had some mandates. I said I would not marry him unless he was willing to go to couples counseling with me. And two, that I could be a stay-at-home mom and raise our children. I felt very strongly about this. I loved kids. I studied child development, family life education. I studied educational theories. I was obsessed with reading parenting books and understanding how kids learn and think and behave. And oh, I was certain that I would be fulfilled by being a stay-at-home mom. I knew it in my bones that I was meant to be a mom. And so, of course, it seemed like I would want to do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But my aha moment came on this dark February afternoon when Oh! The Oprah Magazine arrived in my mailbox. I put my son down for his precious nap and plopped on the couch. I opened the magazine to an article about a life coach helping a woman organize her home. I probably read the first three paragraphs and a wave of enthusiasm came over me. Suddenly, I had energy and clarity, two things that I was starved for and thought I had lost forever. This voice in my head, that was not a voice, but just, it sounded like this, this. I wasn't meant to just be a stay-home mom. That was the sentence that went through my head. I was put here for more, to help others like this life coach. Like I wanted to be like this life coach was, helping other people with their struggles. I had been trying to convince myself that being a stay-home mom was enough for me. And as much as I thought I knew what I wanted, the contrast in emotions that I felt from my daily life currently to reading about life coaching was dramatic. It was the most clear and alive I had felt in a really long time. And the thought I am meant for more than just dishes and laundry and wiping poopy butts hit me like I was let out of prison, (laughs) like I was unshackled and I was free. So you might think that because of this dramatic emotional shift that I felt, that I immediately signed up for life coach training and started my career. But no, it was a longer, much more circuitous route filled with resistance and beliefs like, I don't know how to do that. I could never work for myself. I really believe that. I'm not an entrepreneur. Life coaching sounds so cringy. It was another seven years before I signed up for life coach training. But this day, this article, this contrast of emotions 
started me in a new direction to finding work outside the home. This belief that I'm meant for more, and there's a reason why I feel drained from dishes and laundry, and other people love it. I mean, I had friends that just loved being home with their kids, and I couldn't understand it. I would call them. I'm like, hey, you want to go to the park? And they're like, no, I think we're good at home. I'm like, what does that even mean, good at home? I have no relationship to I'm good at home. So experiencing the contrast of my stay-home mom misery to reading about life coaching joy put me on a new trajectory. For the first time, my aim switched from trying to make myself enjoy being home with the kiddo with a lot of like pressure, inadequacy, and guilt sitting on my shoulders to what the heck can I do that's going to give me that feeling again? And for a while, it was just reading. I just started reading a lot of books. I was at a crossroads. Both paths felt terrible. The one I'd been on, being a stay-at-home mom, felt confining, limiting, and frustrating. But hey, it was familiar. It was safe. I knew where it was going to take me. The second path, this sort of mysterious, vague, helping people life coaching thing was confusing, scary, overwhelming. I didn't know where it was going to take me. I had a lot of judgments about this. So both paths felt yucky. But the uncertain path had potential. This helping others, this life coaching path, gave me an energy. It made it seem more exciting and purposeful. So I slowly walked a very windy road following what felt slightly better to me, getting a teaching job, teaching yoga, teaching parenting classes, doing public speaking. I just started doing small little steps and reading a ton of books (laughs) that um, would take me and give me this feeling again, because I was so starved and desperate for that feeling that I did not want to let go of anything that gave me this surge of energy. I needed to suffer for many years in order to get the courage to sail into these uncharted waters called entrepreneurship. I couldn't just apply for a job as a life coach that already existed, although believe me, I tried. I had to navigate without a map. I had to try new things. I had to make mistakes. I had to embarrass myself a whole heck of a lot. And I had to get good at dealing with embarrassment, which was not fun, but I'm very, I appreciate it when I'm helping 14 year old girls trying to do the same thing of like make friends with embarrassment. So I can see now that's very helpful, but it was not enjoyable. I had to fail. I had to learn. I had to switch directions. I had to experience what coaches call failing forward, failing for a purpose, my purpose, growing me towards a life that felt a lot more fulfilling than trying to convince myself that raising my kids was enough to fulfill my soul's calling. I had a lot of fears and limiting beliefs to overcome. Who do I think I am? What if people don't like me? What if people think I'm weird? No one's going to hire me since my life isn't perfect. I don't have all my shit together. So why would they think I'm a good life coach? 
I had to learn to tame that mean, sabotaging voice in my head and find some compassion glasses to put on when I talked to myself. When I put myself out there, when I took risks, it was so scary that I needed to create a soft place to fall. And I had to do it for myself. I had to turn down my empathy dials and give up a habit of overwhelm and worrying about others and trying to control other people's perceptions of me and make them like me. I had to find courage and gumption. And it was a whole lot of work that involved a whole lot of suffering. But as sucky as it felt, I could fall back on that feeling that I was doing the right thing for me. It felt like I was aligning with my purpose. I use that as a verb, not an end destination. After a few hours of teaching, for example, I could come home and doing the dishes didn't bother me anymore. I could fold laundry now because it was a break from putting myself out there and being vulnerable. I had something interesting to think think about while I was doing the same old tasks. So I could do the mommying and the housekeeping and all the boring stuff, but it didn't feel boring anymore because I was doing that scary, vulnerable thing called aligning with my life's purpose. And I knew it was right for me because things started feeling better. So we are born like 100% ourselves. You see this in your kids. They are very connected to the essence of who they're meant to be. They know what they like and dislike. They know what their interests are, just like we did when we were little. We, We knew our personalities, whether we were shy or gregarious and outgoing, whether we preferred playing with people or toys. Our personalities are there from the very beginning. But along the way, we become socialized away from this knowing. We learn what our society values and approves of. We learn to feel embarrassed or shamed. We hide parts of ourselves so that other people don't think we're weird. And they, we, we try to mold into what other people expect of us, right? We might exaggerate sides of ourselves or hide parts of ourselves in order to be accepted and approved by our culture. So reconnecting with our essence and obeying the call to align with your nature is going to give you purpose and meaning in your life. Okay, story number two. That was me and the path to purpose through suffering. (laughs) There was a lot of it. Now, after having learning about life coaching and teaching this and helping so many people, I now can realign with my purpose in a much more lighthearted way. I don't need suffering or I need to suffer as long because I know how to do it. And so I'm going to tell you the second story so that you can see an alternative way instead of so much like resistance and fear. It was a cozy evening in November. I'm sitting by the fireplace watching my son about to open his first college acceptance letter. We weren't expecting any to come this early. It was only early November. So we were both kind of surprised and excited. He hadn't even finished filling out his applications yet. But his school of choice, Western Washington, accepted accepted him in the major of his choice, which was linguistics. He 
opens the letter, starts reading it, and smiles. He looks up at me very calmly and said, that's it. They want me. I want them. I'm decided. It is done. I spent the next month trying to convince him otherwise. (laughs) Are you sure? Don't you at least want to tour this more prestigious school? We still have our trip planned to go visit this out-of-state school that's offering good financial incentives. Like, don't you want to have something to compare it to? I was trying to get him to be more like me because I like to weigh all my options and see all there is to see. And he did not. He was done. I made it my argument sound logical, but really I was struggling. As soon as he chose his school, I realized something scary. It wasn't that he was moving 900 miles away. I was mentally prepared for that. It wasn't that I thought he was making the wrong decision. The school had everything he was looking for. What scared me was the voice that came into my head saying, this is where my adventure ends and his begins. And I did not want that to be true. I loved the process of helping my son plan for his future, choose his college, touring the schools, dreaming about what it would be like to live in different places. I imagined my visits and what activities I would do while I was there. I got excited for him about the different people and clubs and opportunities he would have by going off to college. But the truth of the sentence, this is where his adventure begins and mine ends, hit me hard because I knew in my heart that I did not want my adventure to end. I wanted something new and exciting, but I didn't know what that would be. I had four more years until my daughter graduated high school. I had a life that I had built that I loved. I was content. I had a part-time job, a wonderful coaching practice, a great marriage, a house, a family community nearby that I loved. There was nothing I wanted to let go of in order to make room for adventure. So I ignored this call to adventure and decided I would be satisfied with visiting my son at school and going through college tours with my daughter. And I did. I loved traveling to go visit him and exploring his new area. And I was so grateful he chose a beautiful place to go to college that was super fun and had a lot of things to check out and see and do. But in the back of my mind, I knew having an empty nest was going to unearth some realities that I didn't want to listen to or I wasn't ready to listen to. So instead of waiting for the suffering to start (laughs) and waiting until both kids were out of the house and I was hit with the emptiness and the loneliness that I anticipated happening, I decided to head it off at the pass. I went on a scavenger hunt. I started paying attention to which activities I loved and which ones I didn't. I started imagining life without carpools and volleyball tournaments. When I encountered a mom with adult kids, I interviewed her to see where does she find her passion? Who are her friends? Where does she get a sense of adventure? What does she love about being an empty nester? Now, imagining this future life did not make me feel good. I was worried about where I would find meaning and purpose. Who would I be without kids in the house? Like that was a stranger I hadn't met yet. What would happen to my marriage? What would happen to my social life? But I paid attention 
to what lit me up, who lit me up, what activities made me feel excited and energized. When I would look through social media, did I get jealous? If so, what was I jealous of? What books, TV shows, and movies was I drawn to? Which friends did I enjoy talking to the most and why? What topics of discussion did I gravitate towards? What did I find most interesting? So over the years, I have learned to trust this still small voice in my head. I knew it would lead me onto the right path and I just had to pay attention. And I could do small, fun things that brought me joy in the meantime. Our friends came to visit from Costa Rica, and they were trying to convince us to plan a vacation there. They wanted us to come visit them. And I wasn't interested, which seems crazy now, (laughs) but I think I was just too tired to think about it. Like I was working, teaching, and coaching, and raising kids, and moving up to college, and blah, blah, blah. I had a lot of irons in the fire. So I was probably just too tired. But what really surprised me was that I perked up at the idea of moving to Costa Rica. And I actually tried to get my daughter to do high school there. And I thought, that's weird. Why would I be interested in moving to a place I've never been to before? Why would I rather live there but not vacation there? I paid attention and made a mental note because I did not have the answers to that puzzle. But it's a good question to ask, right? Like, why am I more interested in this than this? Especially anything that seems weird or illogical. So when we did go to Costa Rica and fell in love with the nature and the people and the feeling of being removed from our busy, stimulating world, as a life coach, I knew that Costa Rica wasn't magical, even though it sure as heck felt that way. It was who we became while we were there that we fell in love with, right? Like we, it was something we connected with. So I tried to bring those relaxation vibes home with me. I experimented with less screen time and more outdoor time. And I played around with how to make my life in the suburbs more like it was in Costa Rica to see if I could bring some of those elements into my daily life. So I planned an outing for my son and I before he left for university. I figured between it being my birthday and his last weekend at home, I could make him hang out with me and do something fun one last time. So we brought our bicycles, we reserved some kayaks, and we drove to a lighthouse on the Pacific coast to spend the night in a youth hostel. Never done that before. In the morning, I woke up to the most beautiful view I had ever seen. We were on top of these towering cliffs that plunged into the sparkling blue ocean. There were birds diving into the waves looking for their morning meal. The gentle waves rolled into the pristine sandy beach in a serene little cove, while out in the ocean, the waves crashed against the rock formations. It was both calming and energizing, and I was awestruck. The sea otters rode the undulating waves on their backs without a care in the world. I sipped my latte and overlooked this panoramic ocean view. And I felt a feeling 
that I knew I wanted more, more of this, this beautiful, clear day in an unfamiliar place with a very pleasant surprise that they had lattes at a youth hostel that was really good. And I could sip it outside overlooking the ocean on the most magnificent day with no fog in sight. And I had a day plan of outdoor activities and a very clear voice inside my head that said, this, this is what I want. I want to feel awestruck by nature. I want outdoor activities to do. When you spend 18 years raising kids, it's easy to lose track of who you are. When nobody asks you, what do you want to do this weekend, mom? What do you want to eat for lunch? You forget to ask yourself those like fundamental questions of what do I want? And so everyone else's desires become loud and yours become quiet. Our life's purpose speaks to us through our desires. If we ignore our desires, we don't know what our purpose is calling us towards. This intuition that we all have gets our attention through yearning and discontent. If we ignore the yearning and we ignore the desire, it turns into discontentment. If you ignore the discontentment, it turns into suffering. You are always living your purpose. You cannot escape it. It will either get your attention through yearnings and desires, or it will get your attention through suffering and discontent, but it will never leave you. So after this aha weekend with my son, I found some friends who were willing to create a mom's adventure club, a group of moms whose kids won't play with them anymore. And we go hiking and biking and kayaking and snowshoeing and camping and skiing. It has been a saving grace for me as my child got older and got her driver's license and needed me less and didn't want me hanging out with her and her friends anymore. And my son has basically moved permanently out of state. Thank goodness for the Mom's Adventure Club. It helped me transition to having my kids move out of the house. I couldn't wait it until I was sad, lost, and lonely to figure out my emptiness strategy. But why suffer if you don't need to? Because watching for clues of things that light you up and noticing where you feel jealous of others, what ignites you, imagining alternative life plans is a lighthearted way to play at the game of life. So now as I get ready to leave the house I raised my kids in for after 22 years, I have to remind myself that this adventure is what I wanted. I didn't want predictability. I wanted uncertainty and I've got it. (laughs) I want that awestruck feeling of waking up and seeing something amazing and different. I want to spend more time outdoors having new experiences. Right now, my life is a little scary and a little uncomfortable, but very aligned with my purpose. So my plan is to live summers at our lake house, winters in Costa Rica, and coach my clients from beautiful places around the world. I don't know how it's going to go. Will I like working from 1 to 9 p.m. and when I'm in Europe and I'm working on U.S. time zones? 
Is it going to be tricky? Am I going to have internet issues? I don't know how it's going to go. Are people going to think, oh, I don't want to hire Tori because she's in Europe and I want to hire somebody close to town or she's in Central America? I don't know. And I'm nervous, but I hope that it will go well. And I'm excited to obey the call to adventure that I heard almost five years ago. So following your purpose can involve a whole lot of suffering, or you can treat it like that game of you are getting warmer. You don't know exactly where your destiny lies, but you have to take a step in some direction to find out if it feels warmer or colder. Even when you align with your purpose, something can change at any moment to uproot you, right? It's not a game we stop playing. It's not like, oh, I was meant to be a mom and now I'm mom. And so I, I stopped playing this game. No, you play this game until the day we die. You're just always paying attention. Does watching the news before bed make me feel warmer or colder? Does having a weekend with no plans make you feel warmer or colder? Do I like hanging out with this friend or this friend? We're always changing. But if you keep a playful attitude while on this game of life, you will enjoy the discovery of your purpose and eliminate unnecessary suffering. Here's a little exercise for you to try at home. This was inspired. I got my oldest client ever and she's 70 years old. And she decided that she wants a better relationship with her adult son. And so she is going to try life coaching. And I'm so admiring her that it's just that reminder that you're never too old to change. It's never too late to try something new and different and just be open to experimenting and noticing what feels warmer. Does it feel warmer to just keep the status quo, or does it feel warmer to try and improve your relationship with your adult child? Well, for her, she's going to give it a try. She's going to give life coaching a try. So I'm super excited. But the exercise for you to, to try at home is to create five alternative life paths for your future. Five alternative different plans for your future, all of which could make you happy. Okay, so this is an exercise in creativity. We are tapping in to your imagination. Now, most of you are probably thinking five different paths for my future, Tori. I can't even think of one. I can't even imagine my life after like raising kids, like the emptiness sounds great, but I have no idea what that's all about. But here's the thing. You're Whole industry could be replaced by artificial intelligence. Your marriage can implode at any moment. There could be another pandemic. Aliens might abduct your family and no one's going to believe you. There is all a bunch of shitty things that could happen to you in your life that is going to derail the one life plan that you currently are living out. And so as a way to get creative and detach our expectations from things having to go a certain way. I suggest playing around with the idea of five alternative life paths for your future so that if something happens to change the trajectory, you still have some really exciting alternative fun things that you could do. So here are my 
five alternative life plans that I came up with. And this was sort of a saving grace for me because my husband is not very good at self-care. And I was turning into sort of this nagging wife that like, did you take your cholesterol meds? Did you take your blood pressure meds? You know, why are you eating french fries instead of vegetables? And I was sort of becoming somebody I did not enjoy being and mothering (laughs) a grown ass man. So I decided to surrender my expectation that he and I live till 95 together (laughs) and start coming up with other ideas that I could just be just as happy with should fate take its course, okay? So my number one life plan is what I'm executing right now, which is to travel and work abroad with my husband. I'm going to continue my podcast. I would love to continue coaching my clients from beautiful places around the world that have time zones complementary to the U.S. And we're going to try this. I don't know how it's going to go. My husband decide, might decide he doesn't like it. I might like it more than he does. We might decide it's not really worth it. And we'll call it off. Fine. I've got other life plans in place. So I could work at home, but take time off to work in volunteer camps around the globe. So I really loved the week that I did with my daughter cleaning up plastics out of the ocean. I would love to organize trips for other parents to do things like that with their teens, stay in little volunteer uh, trailers or camps and have that these experiences around the world where you're just volunteering with the sea turtles or with uh, you know whatever interests you have, right? Helping build houses out of bamboo in rural Ecuador. Cool stuff and amazing places. That's my number two. Number three, I imagine that I could find a small community that I really enjoy living in and want to get involved with. I could go back to teaching in schools. I could play golf. I have like a golf group that I do every week. I could have a little pickleball group I play with. I could work at a farmer's market or volunteer at local organizations. Like I could do that life and I could be content with it. Number four is I could move abroad by myself. I would get a social job in the daytime, like waiting tables or something, maybe doing a relocation for people that are moving there, something like that. I don't know. (laughs) And then at night I would coach my clients. And so then my job would be sort of my social outlet. And then my business would be my soul's calling. So that's a fun little plan. Um, And then number five, I imagine I would love to live with a group of female friends. I always loved having female roommates. It was one of the hardest parts for me in getting married was having to give up my my roomies. So I think it would be fun to host speed dating events and work as a matchmaker and dating coach. That is an alternative life plan that I've come up with that I would really enjoy. And so when you have five alternative life plans, then you don't have to attach too tightly to it going a certain way. And it just allows you to be sort of more go with the flow, see what life brings to you and sort of like let it, I I feel like um, get into the flow of life so that if your job is replaced by chat GPT and if another pandemic hits, like you still know what lights you up, what 
brings you joy, what you need in place in order to feel fulfilled and feel like you're living your life's purpose. Because I truly believe that we don't just have one purpose. It's not just your career. It can be being a mother or being living in a certain location or having a certain hobby that inspires you and and evokes your creativity. Your purpose can be any sort of thing. So I hope that this was helpful for you, for all those mamas out there wondering if they are on their life's path or plan. But if you know somebody who is suffering and struggling, then please let them know that life coaching is a brilliant way to eliminate unnecessary suffering and have fun while playing this you are getting warmer game of life. I will love you and leave you. Take care. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.